Welcome back, everybody, to Semiconductor Investing and More, the number one semiconductor podcast in the world, or so I like to say. Um, today, I'm joined by an amazing co-host, Billy. Good afternoon, Billy. How's it going? Good afternoon, Jose. Happy Fed Day. Definitely, Billy. So talking in, in today's episode, I really want to take a closer look at just an overall semiconductor market update. Uh, so I have two updates to share with you and obviously the viewers. Uh, right now, Billy, we are seeing this huge push in, man in bringing semiconductor manufacturing and semiconductor jobs back to the United States. Um, we're seeing plants being built by big players. I know Intel's been building plants in Arizona, in Ohio, TSMC is also building in Arizona. But unfortunately, Billy, unfortunately, there was a study done by the Semiconductor Industri Industry Association with Oxford Economics, and it seems like there is going to be a shortage of technicians, computer scientists, and engineers. Um, they expect to kind of be missing roughly 58% of new jobs across manufacturing and design will risk going unfilled by 2030. And this is a little bit scary, right? Because we are, again, we're seeing this huge demand of a lot of our favorite semiconductor companies trying to build manufacturing plants and trying to build semiconductor projects here in the United States. But hearing something like this, this can obviously cause some form of delays. I mean, Billy, we heard from TSMC's earnings that they're delaying the opening of their Arizona plant because they did see um, that they are lacking specialist workers to install important equipment in their in their fabrication plant in, in Arizona. Um, so just a quick breakdown of numbers. They expect 67,000 jobs to be uh, risk of being unfilled. Um, 27,000 are, are roughly engineers. So if anybody out here is watching is looking for a new career change, maybe start looking at electrical engineering. Or if you have a kid that's going to go to college, maybe push them to electrical engineering one way or another. Um, 26,000 are technicians and roughly 13,000 computer scientists. Uh, so, Billy, any thoughts about this and maybe kind of long-term thought process on, on what we're seeing with semiconductors trying to build here in the United States? How do you see this kind of maybe going in, in the negative for, for them? Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. Plus, join the private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Yeah, it's difficult. We just heard from both uh, TSMC and ASML last week that some new, the, I guess the new fab, fabs that, TSMC is building in the U.S. might be pushed back a little bit later because of delays, uh, construction delays, um, an absence of the right kind of construction workers who know how to build a semiconductor fab. I guess that would be in the manufacturing part. Um, so this is definitely a problem. Obviously, um, the U.S. is going to have to invest in more STEM education. Um, maybe also increase immigration probably to fill the gap. I think uh, 
lower immigration has been some of the cause of the uh, labor tightness in recent years since uh, the pandemic. So, uh, and then there in the um, chips, uh, the Chips Act. There's actually a lot of money that goes towards training and education. So, I'm not quite sure what this Oxford study, if that is incorporated already into these projections, that uh, there will be an increase, or if um, the Chips Act, if it's done so successfully, could help in training up uh, the U.S. workforce for this. But it's definitely a problem to be aware of um, if you're invested in the sector, you know, new fabs might take a little longer to come online. Uh, they might not be staffed right away. So it could be, you know, quarters or years delays, but these projects will probably eventually be, uh, built out eventually. So we'll have to see if, um, some of the efforts of the federal government can help in, uh, mitigating this problem. Definitely, Billy. And, and one thing that I was thinking about when I, I see the shortage in talent here is I, I feel like this is something that I believe we might start to see globally as well. As right, United States is not the only one trying to increase their semiconductor manufacturing and design process. We're also hearing a lot of countries in, in Europe, in Japan, uh, Japan, in, in countries in Europe. We've also heard Japan. Um, really increase kind of this semiconductor manufacturing. So it seems like there's going to also be a global fight for talent as well. Uh, so I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I think this is also going to be a good segue for, for the next topic I have here. Um, I, I have an update on, on Germany. Uh, so there are reports that Germany is also kind of creating their own CHIPS Act. Um, we've heard of a global European CHIPS Act previously, uh, but right now we're talking of one specifically in Germany. It's expected to be roughly 20 billion euros, uh, which estimates to be roughly $22 billion. Uh, and this is, again, to boost semiconductor manufacturings in the country. Uh, we've heard a lot of our favorite companies already or, or, or some of our popular companies already he talk about maybe having an in, uh, a plant in Germany. One popular is Intel. Uh, Intel is expected to make uh, a nice mega fab in, in, in Germany. And Intel has already kind of slated roughly 10 billion euros in, in subsidies from Germany. And that's about one third of the cost. I believe the cost for, for, the, for the plant Intel's building is going to be north of 30 billion euros itself. Um, in the act, in the earnings call, Billy, I do believe from TSMC, I do believe we also heard that TSMC is talking to um, to Germany of also building a plant there. Uh, it does seem like there's like a five billion euro already budgeted for TSMC. Uh, we also have Infineon, uh, a semiconductor. I believe they are actually a German company. Um, also built another uh, another plant in, in in Germany as well with a one billion subsidized already kind of marked for them uh, we also have other big players like wolf speed um, and then automobile cf i'm not going to even try to pronounce uh, the name but it's another automotive company uh, that are expected to build a few plants to help with silicon carbide um, and then there's obviously room for other semiconductor companies in there. Global Foundries also has some form of exposure in europe uh, so obviously those can also maybe kind of do some expansion uh, so, Billy, besides this being good news for semiconductor equipment, anything else you want to share or any thought process on on this kind of quick update of Germany also seeing kind of this Germany Chips Act of roughly $22 billion? Yeah, no, um, it just goes along with the trend of 
big G7 countries realizing, oh, we don't have enough semiconductor manufacturing capacity in our own country in case of uh, geopolitical issues or global pandemics. So we need to get our butts in gear. Um, should note that a, a lot of what this looks like is that it's probably going towards trailing edge, um, auto, industrial chips, which definitely goes to the heart of you know German manufacturing with their big auto business there. Um, so I'm not sure if it looks like they're going to subsidize leading edge. Maybe they will, but it looks like a lot of this is for the trailing edge stuff. That um, seems to have been a bit more resilient in this downturn and has you know the strong secular growth prospects um, with auto and industrial chips. And, and, and Billy, you know, I think I, I think you made a great point there. I feel like when we think of all these expansions of manufacturing plants globally, a lot of people are, are fearing that hey, look, we're building too many plants. What if these plants end up? Um, what if we make too much capacity? And I think you made up a great point that, hey, sometimes even though you hear of fabrication plants, each plant might be for different types of semiconductor products, like the ones here in Germany are more for, like you mentioned, uh, mature notes, which tend to go in maybe things like industrial or automotive. Uh, and that's almost a brand new, not I want to say a, a market that's really growing in the amount of semiconductor components going in that, in, in that, in that product. So, um, it's good to kind of have that risk. Do you do you see that as a risk, Billy? What are your thoughts on on that? Is there too much capacity being built on, or do you think these manufacturing players know what they're doing? Yeah, right I now? mean, I think there that is a risk. Maybe a few years from now, these plants will take a while to get built up, and um, you know, the auto and industrial chips were the the chips that were really in shortage uh, during like the 2020, 2021 period. So. Um, and obviously those have, they're not the biggest segments, but they do have the highest growth. Um, you know, auto chips, auto chips should probably grow every year unless there's like a really big downturn in auto sales because there's increasing content every year and that's just going to keep going. And then you have the electrification trends of the grid and clean power. All that requires trailing edge stuff too and silicon carbides. So I'm not so sure there's going to be huge overcapacity here as long as, um, I guess, the, uh, you know, Taiwan doesn't go crazy building out its own trailing edge in, in, in concert with all of this going on as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the electrification trends, you know, there's been a shortage of those components. So I, I think all these countries really want that stuff to be um, readily available, especially because the auto industry is so important to the U.S. economy and the German economy and the Japanese economy. So um, it, too soon to tell if there's going to be any overcapacity, but those are definitely the higher growth portions of the market. So I, I don't think that it's a huge danger at this point. All right. So, Bill, uh, Billy, great thoughts there. Um, just a question. I know investors might be wondering, hey, we're seeing this huge adoption, uh, increase of manufacturing plants globally. I think we've said it plenty of times. But, Billy, how, how are you investing 
with this kind of growth that we're seeing in manufacturing and kind of just semiconductor being adopt, uh, manufacturing being adopted by numerous, numerous countries? Yeah, I mean, it's good for the equipment suppliers. Um, they seem to have bounced back even with a pretty brutal correction in PCs and smartphones. Um, you've seen some equipment suppliers for silicon carbide, like air test systems, just go nuts this year. Um, like Excellus, those, those types of companies have sky, those stocks have skyrocketed this year. Um, and uh, so, again, it's good for the equipment suppliers. It's good for the, that the manufacturers are getting subsidies. You just have to make sure supply aligns with demand and that they're keeping up with technology. So um, uh, I think in, Infineon was, mar was um, mentioned in here. That, that's, a, that's a name I'm keeping my eye on because they have uh, some pretty interesting exposure to electric vehicle power chips and silicon carbide. That's a, that's a European, maybe under the radar European. Uh, well, it's not small. It's a giant company. So that's one for maybe investors to keep their eyes on um, that I like as well. And then you got all the silicon carbide players, your on semis, your wolf speeds, which is high risk, high reward. And uh, microchip is dabbling in that. And then there's a few other STM and Infineon. Those are those should all benefit as long as you know, they're probably all going to get subsidies. Um, and they should all benefit from the growth of that market as long as they keep up with their technology. Uh, silicon carbide is a bit difficult to produce, but it looks like it's going to have pretty strong growth uh, there. Thank you for that, Billy. And I think this is a great way to end this segment.